Well, we're going to be back in Second uh, Peter chapter 1 today. Pastor Rod started it last week. We're going to be beginning in verse 10. But, you know, as Peter sat down to pen this letter, the church was being persecuted, scattered every direction, unbelievable persecution, unlike anything we've ever experienced. And he, he wrote this letter knowing that his time was short. God had revealed to him that he didn't have much time left on earth. And so what he's writing is of the utmost importance to him, the highest priority that he has. And he wants to encourage the believers and he wants to challenge them and he wants to remind them of some things that, that they need to know because he's not going to be here to remind them again. Peter knew that we all have the tendency to remember things that we're supposed to forget and to forget things we're supposed to remember. You know, some things need to be forgotten. Paul said this one thing I do, forget what lies behind, I press toward what's ahead. So some things need to be forget, forgotten, but a lot of things need to be remembered. And it's important enough that the Holy Spirit was sent by God in one part and for one reason to remind us of things that we've been taught. Jesus said in John 14, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I said. The Apostle Paul felt the same urgency to remind the believers because he wrote to the Philippians and he said, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. So today, I want to remind all of us the way Peter reminded them about things that we already know, but so easily sometimes forget. So I'm going to be in 2 Peter chapter 1. If you'll stand in honor of God's word, beginning in verse 10, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. You can be seated. Peter is saying, don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember. As he writes this letter, like I said, the, the church has been scattered because of persecution. And he knows that people going through times of difficulty or uncertainty face a common problem, a common danger, a common danger and it's the danger of forgetting all about God. So today's message really is to, intended to, to, to stir our memories to remind ourselves of things that we've known maybe for a long time, but in the heat of the moment sometimes forget. 1 Peter chapter 2 was written to encourage anyone who suffers, serves, or sacrifices for Jesus. In chapter 2 of this letter, Peter speaks of Christians as living stones being built into a spiritual temple, the body of Christ. And when he said that, when he wrote that, and they would read it, that image would cause everyone who would read this letter to think about Solomon's temple. In building Solomon's temple, the architects calculated every single stone that it would require to finish the temple. Every single one of them was uniquely cut, each one, because there was one spot for that stone to be placed in the temple, and no other stone would fit there. And that stone wouldn't fit anywhere else in the temple. 
only that stone would fit into a specific spot. And historians tell us that 80,000 stone cutters spent years in the quarry cutting and polishing every stone just as the architects had designed. And when they were finished being cut and polished, then each individual stone was brought to the building site and placed in its specific spot. And a verse in 1 Kings says, in building the temple, only blocks dressed at the quarry were used and no hammer, chisel, or any other iron tool was heard at the temple site while it was being built. The temple site was being assembled in complete silence. All the hammering and chiseling and polishing took place back in the quarry, and for some reason, God didn't want all the hustle and bustle of construction there at his temple where he would be worshipped. Peter reminds us that all the saints of all the ages, living stones, one day are going to be built into a heavenly temple where God will be worshipped for all eternity. We're going to be assembled by the master builder in heaven one day. And there in heaven, you'll hear no noise of chisel or hammer or polishing that's, that's shaping and molding the character of God's people because that work will have already been done in a quarry called earth. Right now, our life is being spent in God's quarry so that we will be formed and fashioned and shaped and molded into what God wants us to be. And he uses the tools he uses, the hammers and chisels, to shape us and mold us, other people, difficult people, people that God wants us to serve and love, difficult times, challenges we all face, disappointments in life the challenges that life throws at us, these are all shaping and preparing us for God's heavenly temple one day. But we have the blessed hope, in spite of all the difficulties, we have the blessed hope, the return of Jesus. Peter knew that people needed hope that we're going through times of difficulty. We need hope to endure the challenges of our life too. You know, Paul told the Thessalonians, I constantly remember before God your work produced by faith, and your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. Hope inspires endurance. When you need endurance, don't grit your teeth and try to try harder. Look for hope, because as the hope level increases, so does your ability to endure. And as it decreases, your ability to endure decreases too. That's why it says Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. He got endurance because he knew the result of that sacrifice he was going to make. But we need to remember some things in this life before we reach heaven. We all participate in events that are designed to ensure that we don't forget certain things. They're called holidays. So the 4th of July commemorates the freedom we all enjoy. Thanksgiving reminds us of the friendliness of the Indians to the pilgrims. Father's Day, Mother's Day remind us to honor our parents. All of these holidays are designed to make us stop and remember important people, important events, or God's blessings. And it's important to God that his people remember certain things. If you'll take time to look, you can see what God did. All throughout the year, in the Jewish calendar, God inserted festivals and feasts and celebrations to remind the people of blessings that they received at his hand. God wanted to make sure that his people remembered his promises, his miracles, and his provision. He knew that by remembering their past, they would be better equipped to face their future. 
And so again, the feasts and celebrations into the Jewish calendar commemorate events that God wanted to ensure that people didn't forget. For instance, God wanted to remember the, one of the Israelites to remember his deliverance out of Egypt. And so he instituted the Passover. And in Exodus 12, it says, this is the day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. When God wanted people to remember his provision for 40 years in the desert, he instructed Moses to put some manna inside the Ark of the Covenant. And he said, put the manna and keep it for generations to come so they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the desert when I brought you out of Egypt. God wanted people to remember his faithfulness, and so he instructed Joshua to take 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of Israel, and make a monument in the middle of the Jordan when they crossed into the Promised Land. And he said, these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever so that they don't forget. When Jesus wanted us to remember how much he loved us and what he's willing to sacrifice for us, he instituted communion. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. So have you ever wondered why it's so important to God that we remember these things? It's because it's for our own good. If we forget what God's done in the past, the same thing that happened to the Israelites will happen to us in Nehemiah when it says they refused to listen and they failed to remember the miracles you performed among them they became stiff-necked and rebelled. That's why Peter wrote this second letter to all the Christians who had been scattered by the persecution of the early church. And in chapter 3 of this letter, he says, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. So that's the goal for today, to remind us of things we already know to stimulate us to wholesome thinking. You know, the Bible says there are some things we all need to remember. So, for example, when you're tempted to think back on the good old days, you know the good old days, those days you couldn't wait to get out of, we have an ability to remember the past in a way that we filter all the bad out, and then we exaggerate all the good, and we reminisce about the good old days that even we didn't ex experience. When you're, th when you're tempted to think back on the good old days, when you feel like Lot's wife, and you want to look back, when you want to take the wide road or the easy path, or you want to throw off the rules, if you will, the constraints and the responsibilities that Christianity demands, when you want to be just like everybody else, Deuteronomy says, remember the days of old. But remember them accurately. They weren't so good for most of us. Don't filter out the bad. Don't exaggerate the good. Those days never satisfied our soul. If the days were so good, we never would have stepped across that line of faith and surrendered our life to Jesus. The good old days weren't so good, so don't live life in the rearview mirror. It somewhat confused me when I was in the process of trying to make the change and the decision of what I was going to do. Am I going to cross the line of faith? Am I going to keep on the path that I'm on? And it was a process for me. It always confused me. I'd hear people say, well, did you accept Jesus? And Looking back, you know, when I became a Christian, I didn't really accept Jesus. I begged Jesus to accept me because I knew the kind of life I was leaving, and it wasn't very good. And the life I had once I surrendered to him was so much better, I never went back to that old life. Remember your days of old. When you think you can play with temptations like we all do, 
Temptations that promise so much and deliver so little. Temptations that look so appealing. Temptations that seem so harmless. Moses said, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Remember your past bondage to sin. You know, we kind of take freedom for granted these days, especially if you've been following Jesus for any length of time. But I remember the bondages I was in, the things I desperately wanted to quit and couldn't, the things I desperately wanted to do and couldn't, long before we had the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I had no self-control. When you start to question God's love for you, His concern about you, when your prayers seem to hit the ceiling and go no higher, when God seems to be absent, silent, or uninterested, Paul told the Ephesians, remember that at a time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. We were separate from God, alienated from Him, enemies of His. Remember, you were once separated from God, and remember the price He paid to restore our relationship with Him. The sacrifice that He made. Somewhere in eternity past, a decision was made that Christ would die to have a relationship with us. And He chose to create us anyway. Because He thought everyone who calls on Him and surrenders their life to Him was worth the price He paid. So when God is silent or He seems uninterested, an uninterested observer, a spectator in your life, remember the price He paid to have a relationship. When you find yourself in that good spot, when you're experiencing all of life's blessings, everything seems to be going right. There's no major problem. There's no uncertainty in the near future. When everything's going right and you're enjoying God's blessings, Moses reminded them, when the Lord your God brings you into the land He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, vineyards and oil groves that you did not plant, then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You know, difficulties often drive us to God. I don't know about you, but when I'm going through a tough time, my prayer life isn't nearly as difficult as when things are going good. Difficulties often drive us to God. Prosperity often drives us from God. I've seen over the course of a lot of years, for every hundred people that can handle adversity, you might find one person who can handle prosperity. I, I uh, met believers behind the Iron Curtain back before the fall of the Berlin Wall. And they were some of the most impressive believers I have ever seen under such persecution you wouldn't even believe. And then the, the wall fell and they came to the United States and they aren't even believers today. What they flourished it under persecution and communism, they failed at under freedom here. Remember God when you're enjoying life's blessings. When you start to become overwhelmed and worry about the future, 
Moses said, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years. He goes on to remind them that God led them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He fed them with manna, and when they got tired of manna, he brought quail to them. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their feet didn't swell. He was faithful, taking every step for 40 years with his people. When the future causes fear or worry or doubt, remember God's faithfulness to provide for you in the past. We could all share the the truth and the story that God was faithfully led us. God has faithfully protected us. God has faithfully provided for us, and he will do it again. He said, never will I leave you or forsake you. Scripture says God will give us all we need, supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So when the future doesn't look clear or feels uncertain, just trust that God will do today what he's done in the past. When circumstances start to look uncertain or even impossible and you become afraid, the Bible says look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. Remember God's wonders and miracles in the past. Whatever you're facing at the time that's shaking your faith or disrupting your life, whether it's a relationship that needs to be restored, a passion that needs to be renewed, a problem that needs to be solved, or a need that needs to be met, remember God's past faithfulness in your life. When you're worried about your future, remember God's faithfulness to you in your past. Don't allow your faith to be overshadowed by fear or by desperation. God can be trusted. He keeps his promises to a thousand generations, we're told. When serving Jesus starts to become routine, boring, or burdensome, the writer of Hebrews says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done all the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Remember the zeal that you had when you first believed. It may not come as natural. You can't really manufacture the feeling. But try to recapture those thoughts and those attitudes. Let grace be amazing again. Remember in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus wrote to the church at Ephesus and said, you've forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you've fallen. Return and repent. That's the That's the pattern of getting some of that passion back that we so easily lose over time. And when you're hurt or offended or you're in conflict with somebody, Genesis says, remember that God is a witness between you and me. Remember that God cares about how we treat each other, how we treat strangers, how we treat difficult people, certainly how we treat each other. Most of the New Testament is written to instruct us and teach us how to get along with each other how not to treat each other, serve one another, be kind and compassionate one to another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. Support one another, encourage one another, speak the truth in love to one another. Our relationships matter to God. 
you know, most of what we're told to remember is for the moment, for the present. But there are a few things we need to remember for the future, to prepare us for the future. Corinthians, Paul wrote and said, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You know, oftentimes the quality of our lives is determined by the quality of our generosity. I don't know about you, but I remember when Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive, and, and I found that to be true. I've been on the receiving end lots of times, and it's not fun. But some of the greatest times ever were when you can give to somebody else in need. I'm talking about finances, our time, forgiveness, love, encouragement, all those things that with, if we are generous giving those things to other people, then when we need those very things, they'll be generous to give it back. James says, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways saves him from death and covers a multitude of sins. Remember the importance of sharing your story. You know, the Great Commission has become the great omission. People don't really tell people about how their lives have changed, been changed by Jesus. And I know it's hard. People say, well, what if they ask me questions that I can't answer? And I said, there's always a pat answer. I don't know. But I do know this, once I was blind, now I see. Once I was miserable, now I'm happy. Once I had no self-control, and now by God's grace, I have a little more. Share your story. People's souls are at risk. That's what's at stake. Jude says, but dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. Simply put, we can get so wrapped up in this life, we don't remember or think about the life to come. Events are coming soon, and if these events don't come to us, then we're going to go to God. That should determine how we live today. That should make some of the decisions that we wrestle with. We've been foretold about future events by Jesus and all the prophets and the apostles and the New Testament for a reason, that that's where our focus needs to be. That's where our priority needs to be. And then one last thing. When trials and difficulties come, when fear or worry or uncertainty becomes overwhelming, when problems seem to be popping up everywhere, Solomon said, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come. The truth is that days of trouble await us all. It may not be today. It might not even be this week. But we all have an in inevitable meeting with difficulties in our near future. Prepare for those days now. Don't wait till the trouble is upon you. Trouble awaits us all, but so do God's promises. Remember those promises today before trouble comes so that you're better equipped when they in fact do come. And do more than just remember God's promises. Trust God to fulfill every promise he's ever made. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you feel like giving up. But remember what Paul taught after he spent his life in the cause of Christ. He said, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Ask God to show you what you need to remember today. When you face temptation or disappointment this week, when trials or difficulties come, when the uncertainty of the future causes fear or doubt, remember that God is able to lead you and God is faithful to help you. Believe and trust what the Apostle Paul believed and trusted when he said, 
I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. So, don't forget to remember. Let's pray. Father, you know our propensity to be so forgetful. Lord, you've gone to great lengths to ensure that we remember certain things, and I pray, God, that you would remind us to remember those things, that we wouldn't forget. I pray that your past faithfulness and provision and protection would be a source of strength for us today and in the future when difficulties come. Increase our faith. Father, expand our hearts to be more grateful for all of your faithfulness, keeping your promises to a thousand generations. May we embrace and trust those promises. In Jesus' name, amen.